Hello, Carl. It's a sunny day after a stormy night, and the world is exploded. We have the talk shows returning on Monday. Writer's strike is over. Hooray! After 146 days. Now we just got to get the actors up and running, and we're good to go. But it, hallelujah. You can't, don't try to get actors to do anything. You know better than that. Well, hurting the cats. It's hurting the cats. But again, it's the transformative power of people connecting. And we're going to talk about AI later because a movie is focused on that this week. We will talk to our guest, Devin Cahill, who is performing at the Sheldon this Friday night. Around minute 22, Flora and Son. Around minute 36, Fair Play. Around minute 43, The Creator. And around minute 53, The Theater Roundup. But yeah. for the meantime, we're going to talk uh, about the lovely transformative power of music. And we have with us the lovely Devin Cahill. Good morning. Good morning, Lynn. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us because I know you have a busy prep week, don't you? Oh, uh, yeah. I've been doing the whole promo circuit and trying to, you know, really let people know about this uh, this show on Friday at the Sheldon. And uh, yeah, very excited. Well, that is good news. And uh, we got to we got to have something knock off Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey from the from the conversation. Right. And this is it. Yes. So uh, one of our favorite hometowners, Norbert Leo Butts, is returning Friday to the Sheldon. And he handpicked Devin to be his opening act. So we need to uh, hear from you about your relationship with Norbert. But before we get into that, I just want to preface it as Norbert is a two-time Tony winner graduate of Bishop de Berg, Webster Conservatory, and star of Broadway. And now he has channeled his gifts into a country album called King of Hearts. And that's why he's going to be at the Sheldon on Friday. And this is ahead of his movie, the exorcist believer. So Norbert's got it going on. And so Devin, tell us, how did this come about? <clears throat> so I met Norbert um, early on in my music career. So it was about 10 years ago. And we met through the Angel Band Project, which is an organization that does amazing work to help um, survivors of sexual violence through music therapy. And we did a couple of um, of benefit concerts. Um, I they needed uh, a, a local backup singer in addition to the band they were bringing in from New York and Ohio. Um, and uh, so I just got connected with uh, the music director um, through um, Rachel Ebeling is friends with my mom, Karen, um, who everybody seems to know. <laughs> and, uh, yes, Karen Klaus. Yes, Karen Klaus is my mother and she's she's lovely. But uh, but yeah, so um, so I connected with Norbert for the first time back in 2013. We did these benefit concerts at uh, at the Sheldon and at uh, 560 Music Hall in U City. And um, 
they were just, it was just an amazing experience getting to share a stage with someone I've literally been a fan of for more than half my life. Um, I, I just, I'm still kind of pinching myself that I'm, that I'm able to, uh, to, to do this. So it's very, very exciting for me. Um, so we met back then and, um, we sort of have kept in touch here and there and he's shown an interest in my original music, which I really, really appreciate. Um, and I'm kind of like just honored by, um, and he writes great songs too. So, um, we are going to share this wonderful evening, um, at the Sheldon this Friday night. Um, we're going to do some collaborations. Um, we are, uh, just going to have a celebration and it's going to be, it's going to be a wonderful time. Well, the Sheldon is a beautiful place to see a concert because the acoustics there are world-class and everybody knows seeing something at the Sheldon is on another level. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a true honor for a musician to be able to play there. It's, I feel extremely grateful um, for the opportunity. So. And That's Norbert, her. everyone knows Norbert from Broadway, but it seems like he's hardly ever in St. Louis. So seeing him here in his hometown uh, is going to be a rare sighting. Yeah, he doesn't play in St. Louis very often at all. Um, <clears throat> although he does, um, I think, come home more often than people might realize because, you know, all of his family is here. And he has uh, a large family. He does have a large family, indeed. And a family, you know, with, with other performers there, too. Um, yes, uh, Jim know. Butts, his his uh, brother, is mm -hmm. an award-winning uh, actor St. Louis Theater Circle has nominated him several times and awarded him, and he's fantastic. Yeah. And Sounds he good. was in uh, West Side Story at the Muni this summer, Carl. If you saw that, yes, he was. I did. He was uh, the other officer, right? Remember. So not yeah. Officer Krupke, but the other one, right? Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I've seen him so many times, but also. His his other brother is a state senator. Yes, yeah, I know. Steve, he's a politician, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they're they're a cool family for sure. Yeah, well, they're very supportive, and uh, the Angel Project. If anybody wants to know about that, I'll Google it. By the way, Google is twenty five years old today. Happy oh birthday, goodness. Google! Happy birthday, Google! So yeah, so Google something today, and be grateful that we don't have to. Uh, go other places <laughs> although they tried bing you know i everything. go to bing every day okay well uh getting back to norbert uh <laughs> just real quick last year he came to the stages st louis gala in november and i was very fortunate to see him because i had wanted to see him uh in something or perform. <laughs> and so it was really great but he was running late because he was coming from a movie shoot which he couldn't talk about which was the exorcist oh my goodness so, so that's that that's it but he uh he had a whole bunch of family there but surprisingly he is surprisingly gifted at uh the guitar and acoustic and he loves bruce springsteen so he did he did two bruce springsteen songs mm -hmm. so i think people will be surprised 
by his musical uh, range and his tastes in music, as reflected by his new album, King of Hearts. Absolutely. Um, I did get to sing with him at the Stages Gala last year. Well, then um, I saw you. <clears throat> yeah, I was the redheaded girl. My hair is two colors of pink now, but it was red <laughs> then. I just like to change it up. Um, I remember that now. Yes, you were very good. You were very yeah. appreciated by the audience. I, I uh, again, I really I am just very, very grateful for the opportunities that I've been given. Um, yeah, Norbert contacted me last year. Like I said, we've kept in touch since 2013. And he contacted me and he's like, you know, I need to put together a St. Louis band for this gala. And, you know, I would love if you could help me. So I helped him put together the band. They were all St. Louisans and, uh, or we were all St. Louisans. And um, so, yeah, that was really neat. Um, and we did kind of a hybrid set of some of his originals and then some, some fun covers. Um, so yeah, it was very, very exciting night. This is going to be a little bit different. Um, it's not going to be Broadway show tunes. Um, it's going to be like, he's said, not going to do any songs from wicked. No, I don't think so. Dancing through life. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, but he was the original Fiero. He, yes, he was, he was, and he was the understudy and, um, and took the place of the original Roger and rent as well. Um, which rent is like one of my very very favorite musicals when I was in high school I called myself a rent head <laughs> we called ourselves the fans of rent at my high school yes I I understand I understand well uh he first came into my world uh through the last five years yes and because uh, I I think I saw him on the Tony Awards and I wanted to know more because he said he was from St. Louis and uh, he and this, he originated the role of uh, Jamie in the last five years, and uh, all theater nerds know that uh, that boot the bootleg videos and everything from that show. Everybody couldn't wait to see it. So he's got besides his Tonys for Catch Me If You Can and dirty rotten scoundrels he's got an extensive broadway thing but he is also in one of my favorite underrated movies dan in real life oh yeah he's one of the brothers he's one of steve carell's brothers in dan That's in real life right. with yes. dean cook yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so i encourage everybody to see that if you go to his i imdb credits he mm -hmm. also has bloodlines he has a lot of varied credits. He was He's in, a, been in really, a lot of TV shows. Yeah, there was a show I watched a couple of years back, uh, Fosse Verdon. It was yeah. so good. Uh, it was so good. And he and he changes his look up when he goes from one role to the next. And he, he did, you couldn't even tell it was him a little bit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He played Patty Chapsky. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a really old reference but uh those uh who were familiar with the the workings of the 50s would know he's also the writer net uh the movie net uh network yeah 
Yeah. So that's who he played. Anyway, well, what about you? Uh, where do you play in St. Louis? And uh, what style of music do you like the best to perform? Um, <clears throat> I play all over. Um, so um, I guess most recently um, I've played at the Blue Strawberry. And I have another show coming up there on October 18th. Um, love that venue. Um, uh, as far as like, you know, um, clubs and things like that, uh, I love off Broadway. Um, I, uh, I just played at the old rock house earlier this year, opening for Amethyst Kia, who is an amazing, um, touring artist, um, who I first saw at Brandy Carlisle's girls, just one weekend in Mexico. Aww. Um, and then, uh, got a chance to open up for her. And I was like, ah, this is, this is amazing. So, um, kind of all over, you know, I'll play three hour sets at bars solo sometimes. Um, but I love when I get a chance to play with my band. Um, we, we kind of call it, um, indie folk. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's folky, and a little bit bluesy, but it's definitely got a, 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 a like a pop spin on it, um, and even a slight bit country sometimes. So I like to kind of mix it up. <laughs> well, obviously you're doing well, and you have so, uh, you have been writing music for a long time. I have. Um, so I've been writing. Um, for uh, so I started playing music when I was <clears throat> in my mid twenties. Um, I was a theater kid. Um, so again, that's kind of, uh, how I became a huge fan of Norbert was, you know, hearing the, the last five years soundtrack and, and Wicked and, um, and, and Rent and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, um, I definitely, um, have lost my train of thought. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, your music is available, uh, I would assume, on Spotify and other places, other yes. venues, other avenues. Yeah, you can find my music on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music. Um, I put out a solo album in 2018, and I've released a couple of singles with the band. Um, I had another band for a long time. Um and sadly that band broke up but that was how i got my start doing music was with my old band letter to memphis um and we played all around town we won best folk band from the rft a couple of years in a row and um so yeah i'm really thankful for those experiences as well um but i feel like i finally uh after all this time you know found my my sound and what speaks to me and I write a lot from personal experiences uh really mostly from personal experiences um and so hopefully people can kind of you know relate and identify with my music um yeah I just love to share it so well we've been talking about Norbert but you were you were slash are an actor slash actress also you you have credits and now you're doing are you doing both or are you just sticking with music writing so i do acting but in a different way um i work at washington university at the school of medicine as a standardized patient actor 
So essentially, the medical school hires actors to portray patients as part of the medical students' training on things like empathy and rapport and communication Violence. skills, um, you know, bedside manner, you know, all of, all of that stuff that's really um, important. And we get, you know, the, the patient's background and we know all of the information and we have a simulated, um, you know, doctor's appointment. And then afterwards we break character and we sit down with them and we talk to them about how it felt to be their patient. So uh -huh. really Do you have any you since you worked with the original Doogie Hauser, have you met any Doogie Housers? Uh I'm pretty sure I have. I've met a lot of a lot of really, really smart, smart students for sure. Um <clears throat> I will say that when I worked with uh with Neil Patrick Harris when I was very young, um I I think I was around seven years old. And I remember calling him weird to his face. <laughs> you're weird. That's what, that's what a seven-year-old says to adults. No, you're weird. I don't even think. And he probably loved that. Was. And I think he was probably like, "Yeah, I am weird." You, you know, know that. Um, wow. This kid yeah, gets no, me. I, I did some movie work when I was very young, um, and uh, so that was that was fun. But not a lot of people can say that. And then, you know, some people say like, well, you know what, I'm going to continue acting. But you are continue acting and doing the music thing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm doing the acting thing at the med school and then uh, and acting then for good. This one has a purpose. It, it means a lot to me. I always uh, I always say and not to be self-deprecating, but I don't have like the, you know, science smarts to ever do something like be a doctor um but i'm able to use a skill set that i have to help these future doctors um you know so it, it means it means a lot it's very very meaningful and i i've been doing it for mm, almost 12 years wow so, yeah it's been it's been well that's fascinating and yeah. and that is a, a a much needed thing as somebody who's uh who's visited a lot of doctors this year yeah. i can i know and i i uh appreciate that do you have your own website um i don't have a website i do have a facebook page and i have a band camp um <clears throat> so my band camp is devoncahill.bandcamp.com um so it's kind of like a website but uh, not quite, but you can find all of my show schedule between my Facebook and my Bandcamp, and find music to stream and to download and all of that stuff. What's it like uh, playing in St. Louis? What's it like being a St. Louis mu musician in oh this gosh. day and age? I absolutely love it. Um, I'm actually currently wearing one of my favorite local bands t-shirts, uh, Middle Class Fashion. Uh, they're a local like indie pop rock amazing band um, and so what I think is cool about playing in St. Louis um, is that uh, you know there's just such a thriving music scene here 
uh, between the original music scene and all the different genres that go, you know, that span. Um, and then also, you know, St. Louis has this rich jazz and blues history. Yeah. Um, so any night of the week, I feel like you can go and you could hear live jazz or live blues or original folk music or reggae or, you know, R&B or hip hop, whatever you want to hear, you know, we've got it. St. Louis has it, has it going on. Um, so I am like, so tickled to be part of the, of the music scene here in St. Louis. Um, because I think there's just so much, so much talent. And I love playing on bills with other local bands. It's really fun. And, um, you know, obviously opening for touring bands is fun too, but I love the camaraderie that the St. Louis music scene kind of has. Um, so yeah, I really, I really enjoy it. Well, thank you well, so much. You... And I go ahead, Carl. Well, I was just going to say, we've talked about the show that's coming up this weekend and we need to send people to the Sheldon.org to get tickets. Yeah, absolutely. So Sheldon.org, um, they, there are tickets available through Metrotix, um, or you can get tickets at the door. Um, so they're $35. So it's not too, not too steep. Um, especially for, you know, us, a uh, Broadway, um, and TV star, like, <clears throat> like Norbert Leo Butts, who, um, again, you know, is going to be pouring his heart out on the stage, playing songs that he wrote, um, some of which he wrote with his daughter during the pandemic. Oh, so, yeah. So means and and also, if you're a student, because it's right there by St. Louis University, mm -hmm. they're only fifteen dollars. Yep, student tickets for fifteen bucks. So, um. Bring the kids and, um, you know, if you're a college student, you know, please come and um, all you Webster Conservatory students, you want to get a lesson in, uh, in amazing singing, you got to hear Norbert Leo Butts. You got to hear him. Well, thank you so much because we've been talking to you about the transformative power of music, which we're going to lead into our film for the uh, for one of the films opening on Friday, Flora and Son. Are you a fan, Devin, of the movies of John Carney, which would be Once, Begin Again, and Sing Street? Yes. Yes. I love Once. It's amazing. So good. Yes. So you're going to want to, uh, it, well, the, the night that you are performing at the Sheldon, the day it premieres on apple tv plus okay flora and son so it starts streaming then but it's also available in select theaters and plaza front next cinema has been selected carl so, so if you want to see it on the big screen i was with your mother last night seeing it at the high point and okay. we had uh the irish group the irish airs performed beforehand and everybody was toe tapping and singing uh, and having a good time and uh people really enjoyed this carl i know you had a blues game i did so uh but the crowd was applauding at the end so oh my gosh that's when you know something's really good yes and enthusiastically not just a few 
Must just a few. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if you uh, hopefully you can go see Devin at the Sheldon on Friday evening and check her out at the Blue Strawberry October 18th and other dates coming up. So get Devin on your radar. She's already on my radar. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Well, well, thank you. And uh, best of luck to you. Do you say break a leg to music people, Carl? Yes. Okay. It's still the stage. Thank and you. it's live music. And we need to support live music. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing about, about St. Louis and playing in St. Louis is that the um, the people are extremely supportive. So, Which is great. Well, can't wait to see your Facebook page and, and what Friday's experience is like for you. Yeah, I can't wait. Looking forward to it. So hope to see you on uh, September 29th, this Friday at the Sheldon Concert Hall for Norbert Leo Butts. And uh, I will be opening. Bye. Bye. All right, Lynn. I love John Carney movies, but since I had a hockey game last night, Lynn, I did not get to see it. So I'm going to have to have you tell me all about Flora and Son. Well, again, another movie about the transformative power of music, another Irish charmer. And this, I think, in comparison, which, you know, because we we love these movies so much, uh, it's a more modest uh, film, but it's no less impactful in terms of self-discovery using music. Because when Devin pulls out uh, her guitar, it made me think of Flora, pulling out this beat up acoustic guitar out of a dumpster and thinking she needed to get something for her rebellious son, teenage son to do. She had him when she was 17 mm. and her ex-husband or estranged husband played by Jack Rayner, who people would remember as the uh -huh. brother in Sing Street. Uh, so he, the kid lacks direction and, but he's really into music. He's into rap music. He's into electronic music making things, but uh, he doesn't want her guitar. So she decides that she's going to try it too. And she finds Joseph Gordon-Levitt online as a music teacher in LA. And she starts taking lessons from him and she is pretty good at the guitar. And, uh, but Flora is not a candidate for mother of the year. Uh, she would be uh, somebody that would be in your face, very blunt, uh, opposite of Demure. She is uh, just blurts out things. She's uh, she flies off the handle. She's very angry a lot. And uh, she discovers that music provides a lot of joy in her life. And uh, it's uh, it's a really nice transformation because in this film, written and directed by John Carter, it is subtle changes by the characters. They don't all of a sudden become, a, you know, overnight sensations. They don't have these tremendous leaps of uh, good fortune. Uh -huh. They become... Uh, better people through music but also through self-discovery is a big part of this movie and so is just 
how music can connect people and touch the soul. And it's a beautiful, what jo Joseph Gordon-Levitt's lines, why he's so, he's so good in this and he's deceptively good because he's so charming of a person mm -hmm. that the things he say sound real. And he is a musician because somebody was asking me, does Joseph Gordon-Levitt sing? But these songs are very modest. They're very modest um, songs. It reflects that he's not the greatest uh, songwriter. You know, he's just a so-so. He's teaching. Yeah. He's right. just a so-so star. And she tells him that bluntly, like, oh, I, I didn't really like that song. You know that. But they develop a... Um, a uh, palpable relationship over the zoom which is really neat and very filmed very well and uh meanwhile the son is getting in more trouble and everything but the mom discovers, and son yeah the mom discovers and he's played by Oren Kinlan and it's a really good debut performance and Flora is played by Eve Hewson you not might know her from the TV shows the Nick and the uh, the one on now on Apple, Bad Sisters. She's one of Sharon Horgan's. And and she's from a musical family as well. Yes, her father is Bono. She yeah. is the second daughter of his four children by his high school sweetheart wife, Allie. And uh, she, uh, I would say she, uh, she favors her mother, who's very beautiful, but also her father's star power, her father's charisma. She really holds your attention in this movie. And it's a, it's a transformative uh, performance from her because she's never uh, had a, a role this meaty and this uh, colorful, let's put it like that, colorful. Okay. And the reason John Carney, we can relate to him is because he loves music so much, but also his characters are real lived in people. So uh, I'm anxious to hear your take on it. And I'm anxious to hear Max's take on it. But this song High Life that they've chosen as uh, a possible uh, as their entry into the best song right. Oscar shortlist whatever, I think it will be nominated just like his Lost Stars and Falling Slowly won from yes. once. So I think it's a good sign. But if if uh, I'm Just Ken gets nominated, well, that's going to be... Oh, <laughs> Unstoppable. <laughs> but but, but you know what else? Well, you know what else? This movie premiered at Sundance back in January. So people have known about this film for nearly 10 months. Oh, yeah. And it was a huge audience uh, pleaser at Sundance. If you want to uh, see a nice vignette with the cast uh, at Sundance, they always film these with the whole cast. And they have a very nice interview talking about uh, what was drawn, what, what they were drawn to. Now, Eve isn't a singer per se, but she does a good job with this. I think this is why this movie is so appealing, because it it's not all of a sudden like she's not like Lady Gaga in the star is born right. where all of a sudden, you know, it's like, Oh, well, she's a star because she came out and sang one song. Right. Yeah. No, it's just like very gentle. It's a gentle, amiable comedy drama. 
doesn't sugarcoat things. These people are not soft. Uh, you know, she's rough around the edges. Uh, uh, Flora. Very rough around the edges. <laughs> so it's another thing to say is if you have closed caption, if you're watching it on Apple, do so. You because, might need it because of the accents. Yes, because it's hard to hear. And I've seen it twice. I saw it on <laughs> streaming and then I went last night and I still have some trouble with some of the uh, what they were saying. The brogues. Yes. But it's so it's such a lilt. It's such a joyful lilt. There's this one scene. I'm not going to spoil for you, Carl, because I want you, you to see it without knowing about it. And I want to get your reaction to and it. And you think it's going to be one of the best scenes of the year? Yes. Okay, because there already there are some good candidates already. Yeah, I have a feeling it's not going to make the five cut, but it's one of my personal favorites. And anybody that's ever been touched by music, by a song, will relate to. Okay. And uh, I I was looking to see where Begin Again is. And it is on Netflix. Okay. Sing Street. That movie's about, 10 years old now. I know. I still can watch it no matter. I mean, I still can just watch it. It's one of those movies where if you see it's on and you turn it, you, you got to. It's just so good. Mark and Ruffalo then, and Kira Knightley. And, and then, Adam Levine. And Sing Street. Oh, Adam Levine, such a, well, anyway, uh, Sing Street. I know, but he was good in that film. What I'm saying is, what is the status of Sing Street on Broadway? Uh, according to local producer Jack Lane, I think they are reworking it. That's what he's heard, but I'm not sure because I was all set to see a preview of it in uh, in March in 2020. Of 2020, and then we had the shutdown. Yes. So and then it went away. Work. Right. No. And no. then you didn't hear about it at all. No, but I don't know. I think Netflix was getting rid of things like it was the last opportunity to see it. You know how they rot right. rotate in and out. And so I watched it again uh, about two months ago. And it's, and it's still good. Still so charming. And what's interesting is Lucy Boynton went on to um, uh, have some pretty juicy roles in films and then uh ferdy the guy the kid the lead yeah. kid was the boyfriend in coda yes so that's interesting to 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 watch that again back to eve Houston. she was also in the movie robin hood and perhaps uh you noticed her in bridge of spies she played tom hanks's daughter oh but she's and, really Bono's daughter. Right. Yes. Right. So, uh, yes. So, anyway, uh, that is one of the movies. That would be the movie that I pick as the pick of the week. But then we have Fair Play, who, um, which is starting on Friday, and we have both seen it. We have both seen it. We saw it in the theater. Yes, we saw and then also going to be on the netflix y yes i'm um uh, i can't remember when it's going to netflix i'll tell you in a moment because uh i liked this movie until i didn't like this movie i thought it was a fantastic um 
uh, display and story about uh, relationship dynamics, which was overturned, and it is not. Uh, it it does it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. No, sexual politics and corporate backstabbing is a very toxic mix in this. At first, I thought this is really clever about uh, have, uh, maintaining a relationship while working at the same place and the female a secret relationship because they were they get engaged and they're about to go to HR to let them know that they're dating and then all of a sudden uh one of them gets a promotion well no what happens is a promotion is up and then what happens is not what you think it's going to happen no and they both become uh very different awful people. people well they both become different people yeah different people and it's not pretty and then no. uh just when we're cooking to really high intense drama well it's we that's, go totally off the rails into a whole other yeah that's thing. what what sucks the movie is about two hours long and the last 15 minutes is just ridiculous but the first hour and 40 are it's pretty good and it's a good premise it's written by uh chloe demont and this she wrote it and directed it and it is from a female perspective and you'd think that would make and that's what helps it out at the beginning because it's from a female perspective uh, our two leads are uh alden ehrenreich a young han solo and uh phoebe the never who is a bridgerton daughter sister yes and uh it's very they're very good and they're they very good together they are people who they can't... make a very cute couple at the beginning. They're, I I I was rooting for them until then. They're both become horrible people. I know. Oh, the workplace drama. Well, it is a cutthroat financial institution, and uh, it, it's a hedge fund, Lehman right. Brothers, Goldman Sachs kind of place. Right. What? Uh, uh, one of the supporting actors, Eddie Marsan. Uh, Eddie Marsan. He's the head of the. He's the head of the hedge fund. He's fabulous. He's Mr. so happy-go-lucky. He's so duplicitous in his evil. Uh, the things that uh, they get away with in this movie, uh, because of the uh, toxic workplace, uh, you just wonder if this would really be tolerated in another place or. Uh, how we sell our souls for certain goals in life. And it's very with, sexy too. There's well, yeah, nudity, it is. Also, and a lot of sex going on. And yes, it is in your face uh, sexuality. And it's also very intense close-up shots of people. And uh, so you're some seeing of, some a of lot. Them disturbing. It is on Netflix, October 6th. It is in theaters this Friday. This weekend. And you know what? Um, I I don't know. I think it might actually be better on the smaller screen because seeing it that big, some of the things are just too jarring. I think I might have liked this better if I watched it on TV. Yeah, I think this is one of these movies that's going to be very divisive, very polarizing. And I think I'm going to have to watch it again, but I still can't condone that end. I still cannot the condone. The ending is just 
uh, it just ruins the whole thing because it's like it's, a fatal it's, attraction kind of thing. Yes, it's not. Uh, it goes into psychological uh, territory that makes no sense. And uh, the one thing I do want to bring up is we spend a lot of time promoting women filmmakers, artists, directors. Yeah. But we can't give a blanket pass to people just because they're female and they wrote and directed a, a movie with lots of things to say. And it passes the Bechtel test. Oh, it kind of does. I mean, well, she, she talks to her mom, but she but everything she talks to her mom about is about a man. So yeah. I don't know if it does. There aren't there aren't any other women in this movie. No. Well, another thing, uh, I'm on the Critics Choice Association Women's Committee, and we give this uh, seal of approval to female movies that uh, have female filmmakers involved in them. And uh, we consider uh, everything. I mean, we, we do m men movies too. It's just, you know, if, if it's worth our seal of, uh, if it's worth our seal, the Sophie, S-O-F-E-E. -E. And this is for female entertainment and empowerment. We uh, decline to give this a seal. Okay. Uh, as one of our esteemed colleagues said, emasculation is not empowerment. And I no. will leave it at that. Well, uh, true. And I don't think it does pass the test. I don't think because she only talks to her mom on the phone. There's only one scene where they're together and they're talking about their engagement the whole time. So I don't think it passes the special test. Okay. Well, that's another thing we're debating is does every movie have to pass it? Because fair, no. um, that, that movie that's getting a lot of buzz this year, past lives, technically it does not pass the Bechtel test, but does that mean it's not, worthy because it's a wonderful female film so that's the thing this is award season fyc we're going to be getting hit hard carl and one of the movies coming out on friday is being heavily touted for uh awards and it's called the creator and it is a muddled mess so disappointing now the visuals are stunning it's by gareth edwards he did yes. Rogue One. Rogue One. Mm -hmm. So it's visionary in terms of visuals, but story. Oh my God, this is a terrible story. This is, um, it's supposed to be original, but it's so derivative of all these other movies. Let's throw I in. I heard it sounded, it sounded like a computer wrote it. Yes. We have uh, shades of, Avatar, Blade Runner, AI. Max Max point, point out AI, Fern Gully, Fern Gully, which As is Avatar, like, which is Avatar, yeah, and I thought an apocalypse now, and I thought at first I kept thinking, is this an allegory about Vietnam because it's set in Vietnam. Yeah which is a very poor choice. I feel that that is the worst choice this movie could make because why bring up 
the U.S. debacle in Vietnam. Because now this is like round two, but with AI. And it's well, still confusing. Is, it's it's co-written with Chris White's from About a Boy and, you know, his brother Paul, like the American Pie things. And Twilight. Let's not forget that. Yeah, well... Okay. Well, it starts. It, so, father and son have competing movies out right now. It's uh, J.D. Washington, and you also have his dad Denzel in Equalizer Three, which is getting good reviews. So, you know, after Tenant, I said I don't think he's a leading man. I think they're Russian John David Washington into these big roles that he's uh, too limited for. I actually think he's good here. I was surprised because at first I was like, oh, no, here we go. Well, that's a, that's the problem with Tenet, though. That's not J.D.'s fault. No, but in other things I've seen him with, you know, I think that they thrust him after his breakout in Black Klansman. They thrust so him good. into all these major roles that perhaps his range wasn't suited for. Well, and Gareth, and Gareth Edwards said that this movie is – a combination of influence apocalypse now baccarat blade runner akira rain man the hit et and paper moon are all of those accurate i don't know about paper moon well the, because paper moon you have the adult and the child yeah now this child is so darn cute <laughs> so cute With, so except except the uh, it is visually I have not seen it. I've only seen like previews and such and featurettes, but the the CGI on this kid's head is fantastic. Does it, is it consistent throughout the film? Yes. But what's so beautiful about this child is her eyes and her expressions. It's it's a fabulous youth performance. And, and so yeah. This this child is an a a computer a robot she's a robot and then like terminator oh that's another influence the rise of the machines the humans are fighting the robots and right. so but this this one is a hybrid of both of them yeah it's very weird you're so confused it's on uh ken Watanabe's in it uh allison janney is in it uh it's sturgill simpson Yes. Uh, I. It starts out so confusing because you can't tell who's the good guys, who's the bad guys, what side is uh, J.D.'s character Joshua on. Um, he's an undercover agent. It's so... It's just... It's a mess. And I I I think it starts off on the wrong foot and just goes into uh the the muddiest of waters. And uh, some people at the screening liked it for its world building. Oh, can there be a sequel to this? Oh god. Um <laughs> uh I I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to get mixed reviews. I am quite personally, I am quite dismayed when a movie story is not as good as the CGI visual effects. And we have to see a movie for its visual effects. 
without like, any kind like of, elemental yeah well i like the story of elemental but you know what i'm saying about like it's award season so we have to see these things for because we have visual effects categories but they're terrible movies but we have to vote for them because they have good visual effects well so it's it, like it, do you would you rejudge part one of dune if part two blows you away yeah well i actually watched dune again um and i liked it so much better the second time because, because but you also time, you also weren't sure if there was gonna be a second one when you watched it it dune just ends dune's that's a horrible stopping point for that movie right but it's um because I hadn't read the book the first time I thought it was unwieldy. I think the creator is unwieldy, but Dune, once you see it and then you go back and you talk to people who've read the books, it makes more sense. But you know, my, my rationale about movies is I don't want to have to see things again to make sense. You don't have to, you should not have to watch it twice and she, you should not have had to have done homework. Right. And and they're getting to be uh they're getting to be like that. I saw Barbie again on the IMAX screen. Yeah. Uh which was thoroughly delightful again and uh made me catch things. And uh this is gonna be an Oscar nomination jogger. For and picture? You think picture? I'm I'm on the fence about picture. I'm on the fence because we haven't seen what all is out there yet. Well, they announced but, that Oppenheimer is going to be on Peacock in November. Oh, my. Well, I will watch it again because as much as I liked Oppenheimer, I want to see it again to to do further, you know, just because we have award season coming up and you right. want to make sure. Like that for Barbie, right. I think Barbie is a lock for writer, uh, director. Um, now, whether they do original or adapted, that's going to be a ruling. It's got to be adapted. The character already existed. I know. They're really pushing original. But uh, that, I think it's going to be up for ensemble. I think Ryan Gosling, for sure. Uh, Jim Batts thinks. Now, America did you have him? Do you have ken as supporting or lead i have him supporting i think it would be supporting yeah even though he's a lead in that movie right because he's smart. so at my screening on sunday night it runs two people walked in in the full barbie and ken uh malibu beach regalia Lovely. fantastic with, with the uh, the cowboy fringe and the hot pink jumpsuit and they said that these costumes are already on Spirit Halloween's website. Well, yeah. So, you know, people, because I said, you guys got to dress like that for Halloween. And they go, well, yeah. So how many Barbie and Kens are we going to see this Halloween? Ugh. A lot. There are a lot. Lynn, what else is going on this weekend? Anything? Uh, Gran Turismo is now available on DVD. And we had missed that, you know. I saw it. I, I went to go see it because my kid wanted to see the video game movie. I told you it was better than I thought it was going to be. Yes, that's, that's why I want to see it. You and uh, the Wes Anderson short from Roald Dahl uh, 
the Henry Sugar, the world of Henry Sugar, is that what it's called? Starts on Netflix today. Oh, and but John Wick Four is on Stars, so I'm going to finally get to see it. Only there's four parts to this shorts. There's going to be a different short a day, but Wes Anderson adapted Dolls. Fantastic Mr. Fox, which yes. is a fantastic film. So this uh, will be I like Isle of Dogs better, but yes, Mr. Fox is great. But so this is going to be interesting. I look forward to seeing this. Uh what else is going on, Carl? Well, uh the blues have started. The next preseason game will be next Saturday, I think. And then the opening day is the 14th of October. And I'm going to be doing all the things. Lynn, you can find I am I have posted again on threads on Instagram and the X uh, at underscore Carl, the intern. I'm on Monday through Friday with the Mark Cox morning show and weekends on the great outdoors and Second Amendment radio on 97.1 and KMOX. Where are you? Well, we are going to, uh, you will be able to find me at all the local theaters in town and during the month <laughs> of October, because we are going to be full speed ahead, full yes. throttle. Uh, so we're going to have quite a few guests in the coming weeks involved in theater. Like we're going to have like two guests and, uh, you know, an episode. I want to mention that Million Dollar Quartet runs through october stages. 8th at stages st louis you do not want to miss this coming up at the rep starting october 6th is twisted melodies the story of donny hathaway if oh, wow. you were yes and it's uh, it's brilliant calvin royston is playing the lead role i saw him do this role at the black rep a couple years ago fantastic <laughs> You, if you are familiar with Donny Hathaway and his mental health struggles, but also the great songs he wrote, besides this Christmas, Carl, do you it's recall? Christmas. Yeah. And then he, well, he collaborated with uh, Roberta Flack. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So the Twisted Melodies is something you need to get on your radar. Uh, next week, we're going to talk to Gary Bell because he is mounting Saturday Night Fever, the musical, which, as far as I know, has never been in St. Louis. I saw it in the West End in London. Oh, well, this will be great. You can talk to Gary about this. This will be wonderful. And then we are going to have a, a playwright from St. Louis who is returning to the St. Louis uh, Actor Studio for her uh, original play um, set in South City. I've, I'm have i a South City lifelong resident. I know. And so, Carl, you are going to love this. It is four women sitting on a rooftop in South City on the eve of Sally Ride's space journey. On the space shuttle. Yes. So that is going to be, it's called Dr. Ride's American Beach House, and okay. it is uh, about her. Um, this is the Liz Liza Birkenmeyer is who we're having the playwright we're having on next week too, and it's an intimate snapshot of anti heroines. It says <laughs> uh, it's on the eve of Dr. Sally Wright's historic space flight. Four women with passionate opinions. And no opportunity sit on a sweltering St. Louis rooftop watching life pass them by. Oh. 
and it's full of wonder for the place I love, the playwright says. So she is uh, really excited because St. Louis is the place where this place should be seen, although it has been presented in New York. But this will be did, well. Be I'm fun. gonna. I'll have to ask her what the New Yorkers thought about the South St. Louis. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting. So we have quite the. Uh, we also have uh, the Lion in Winter, which Joe Hanrahan talked about last week. Yeah. And uh, what else is going on? In theater, do you recall? A Midsummer Night's Dream by our friend Christina Rios, directed by her with a very diverse cast, is this weekend at St. Louis Shakespeare, which is at the Robert G. Ryan Theater. I know where that is. Yes. So, like I said, we're having just... Busy, busy, busy. Busy, busy, busy. So, uh, everybody stay safe. Let's enjoy the talk shows coming back. Colbert... Fallon, Kimmel, and Seth Meyers all John start Oliver. Again. And John all start again Monday. Well, well, we'll see. One of the Jimmies has COVID, so we'll figure out which one it is, and then we'll find out. Kimmel. Oh, well, then he's not coming back right away. Well, maybe it's over. Well, let's hope so. All right, everybody, have a great week. Thanks, Carl. Uh, go Blues. Woo-hoo. And go Wayno. <laughs> <laughs>